Coming up on golf today, how about a little Jim Furyk praise on a Friday? The 51-year-old out himself an opening round at the Sony. He shot 62. He made a hole in one. He moved the hands of the clock back just a little bit. How fun was that to watch? We'll dive into Furyk's day and his career. And Bryson might not be in the field this week at the Sony, but the man found a microphone and he said things. Oh, did he say things? When Bryson talks, we typically react. And that'll be no different on this Friday. Things Bryson says, a favorite of the program. And on the heels of the recent announcement from Netflix, who are some of the PGA Tour players that will be featured on the show and their best comps in terms of Netflix characters? I made a list. Damon's going to react. That's how this works. Golf Today is right now. Golf Today, brought to you by PointsBet. Welcome to Golf Today, 57th edition of the Sony Open underway. Day two, venerable Wildlife Country Club playing host for the first full field event of the calendar year. Pretty pictures, soft conditions, birdies, and eagles are aplenty. Leading up to second round coverage, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Damon Ack alongside Shane Bacon. Buddy, we've got golf to talk about, and you hear the alo aloha music kind of gets you in the mood. You know what else gets me in the mood? What's that? It's Mark Rolfing on the broadcast early in the yeah. season. One of my favorite parts of early coverage from Hawaii is getting a chance to listen to Mark Rolfing. Not just talk about the golf, but talk about the area. He knows everything there is and more. And it just it hits me in my feels Dude, each and every year. I 100% agree. I was watching yesterday, and Rolf comes on and says, you see these whales, they're, they're breaching not usually off the coast of Oahu. More typically, you see them the previous week during the century. But there was a whale out there. And, and Rolf, of course, was on to give me the history of the whale and the whole, and the whole thing. You know, I, I've called some golf before in my life. And uh, there are times where you just kind of fudge what's going on. And yeah. Rolf does not fudge. All of it is factual. All of it is honest. All of it is true. It's entertaining to listen to. And it really enhances the broadcast. Mm. That's the big part of it. Is it just, again, it's, it's something to look forward to each and every year. For more, we turn to our good friend Steve Burkowski, who joins us from Wailai Country Club. Good afternoon, my friend. Well, good morning here in Hawaii, Damon. Great to join you guys as always as we're just past 11 o'clock local time. And you guys just touched on it, showed the highlights, the scores on day one. They were remarkable. The conditions very good today. Certainly expect to see some more good scores here in the second round on Friday. You also alluded to the fact that past champions do well here. Kevin Na, Russell Henley, Patton Kazire, Matt Kuchar, all names you saw in the first couple pages of the leaderboard. But it was another past champion, the 51 years young Jim Furyk, who's in this week on a sponsor's exemption. And he was thrilled with his start as he kicks off 2022. Well, obviously pretty happy. Uh, you come into the first week of the year, usually a little rusty. Um, you know, I, my short game was great. I putted well. I uh, did a good job of getting the ball in the hole and scoring. And so, you know, those are things you don't really always expect, you know, after a long time off, first first rounds. You know, you kind of usually build your way up. So uh, I can tighten a few things up with uh, with a driver and a couple ball striking areas. But, uh, you know, really felt good about the day. You go back on your resume, your second career PGA Tour win here at this event in 1996. What do you recall from that week of uh, good vibes coming back more than a quarter of a century later? Yeah, I've always enjoyed coming to uh, Hawaii one, and I've always enjoyed this golf course in Wailai. Uh, we played some golf here, uh, even in college. Uh, we were invited by a member to come play the golf course and, uh, and then really made my kind of debut as a member on the PGA Tour here at Wailai. So, uh, you know, great memories. Uh, I think it's a great golf course. Um, 
you know, I don't know if it's stretching out or I'm getting shorter, but one way or the other, it's a little longer than I remember it. But uh, I enjoy, I uh, always enjoy coming here, and it was nice to get off to a good start today. Just one uh, day, as you said, it's a quick start, but how do you continue to build off that? And you alluded to it. Nice way to shake off the rust. Yeah, I think part of it, you, you, for, you know, you, I'll, I'll try to build. Forget about the score today, but try to build on the good things I did, the positive. Um, I really did feel good with the putter in my hand and, and uh, wedged the ball really well. And, and so got a lot to build on, but still three days to go and, you know, kind of try to get yourself in position. The KG veteran Jim Furyk going off about an hour and a half from now, and he's making his 18th start in this event, guys. And after that win in 1996, he backed it up with a runner-up finish a year later in 1997. He's also got three other additional top tens. He's getting ready for the PGA Tour Champions next week in Hawalalai. He said he's grateful that he got in this week on his sponsor's exemption. So maybe it's going to be a great two-week stretch in Hawaii for Jim Furyk. We'll wait to see on that. But certainly he caught everyone's attention with that opening round of 62 on Thursday. Burkle on the ground for us from Wildlife Country Club. And that is a fantastic shirt. I must great, it's a great shirt. Great shirt. And, and you know, Burkle mentioned 1997. I'm this 1996. It's a victory in a playoff over Brad Faxon. He's in a playoff again. Back-to-back -back playoff yeah. for Jim Furyk, 96 and 97. Pretty cool. We had Brad on the show yesterday. Kind of thought he... He kind of put a, you know, put a little more pressure on yep. Jimmy in the playoff. He made that great eagle putt, did Brad, on the 72nd hole. Couldn't quite carry it into the playoff. Look at the career notes for Jim Furyk. 17 times a winner mm. on the PGA Tour, including, of course, that 2003 U.S. Open. D, he shot a 59, yep. and he shot 58. Different rounds. Different rounds. Only player Only guy that's done that. of the PGA Tour with two sub-60 Rounds FedEx Cup. Nine-time member of the U.S. Ryder Cup team, seven of the U.S. President's Cup, and a three-time winner on PGA Tour. Champions sounds to me like he's going to end up in the World Golf Hall of Fame, but it is a question. You know, he's got 17 wins, just the one major. does have a FedEx Cup. I think he's going. I think the way he represented himself, the fact he's not a long hitter, the fact that he won in an era when Tiger, Phil, VJ, and Ernie were going to Take up a lot of the oxygen on the PGA Tour. You, you made that point earlier today, yeah. and it's the one point I took away from kind of our conversation about this. To me, absolutely, he's a Hall of Famer. Okay. His career has been polished. It's been long. We've seen him play for multiple decades. But it's who he played against and who he was able to beat. I mean, mm. he beat Tiger Woods in golf tournaments. He faced off with some of the best that have ever played the game and was still extremely competitive mm. and one of the best players in the world. Jim Furyk is going to be in the World Golf Hall of Fame, as he should be, because not just of what he was able to do in terms of wins and majors and the FedEx Cup. The FedEx Cup's going to be something that we talk about in terms of Hall of Fame now going forward. But it's he had to play against Tiger mm. and Phil and VJ and Ernie and this new age crop now. I mean, he's battling guys like Dustin Johnson yeah. throughout his career, Jordan Spieth. So he has faced off with a lot of legends of the game, and he still had a polished career. To me, he's a Hall of Famer for sure. I was texting with Jim Gallagher Jr., our buddy, winner on the PGA Tour, and I said, you know, what has made Jim Furyk, Jim Furyk, in your mind? And he said, it's not just the golf swing, which is very consistent. We all see the swing, and he had many opportunities. He was criticized. You should change it. I mean, back when he was a kid, through college, into the pro ranks. But it's not just the consistency of the swing. Uh, Jim Gallagher Jr. told me how hard Jim Furyk worked, the grit, the toughness that he had. He said he's a Hall of Fame player, but also a Hall of Fame person, someone who's given back to the game. He's kind of one of those kind of 
poster children on the PGA Tour, someone that, you know, that, that Tim Fincham previously and Jay Monahan now, if, if you got a group of corporate people that you want clients to introduce a player to, Jim Furyk would be definitely toward the head of the class in that conversation. We forget the last word of this thing. The Hall of Fame. Mm. Fame. Yes. Fame is one of the terms. I mean, these are the players that we watch. These are the players we go pay to see. These are the players that we follow. Jim yeah. Furyk was that and is that, has been that for decades. He is a popular, popular golfer because of his resume, because of the golf swing, because he was able to do early in his career, because of how often he'd get himself in the conversation at U.S. Opens. I know he only, quote-unquote, won one major championship, but he was a factor. Yeah. Week in and week out, major after major, especially during the prime of his career. He's a famous golfer. He's an accomplished golfer. He's a polished golfer. And to me, he's a Hall of Fame golfer. 2010, he won at Tampa. Gary Koch told me he thought that way that Jim Furyk thinks his way around the golf course is very similar to the way Tiger Woods thinks his way around the golf course in terms of not making mistakes, not compounding mistakes. Jim Furyk, you know, his, his caddy, Fluff, told me he's the toughest guy he's ever looped for. He looped for Tiger Woods. He said, Jim Furyk is the toughest guy I have ever Loop for that is quite high praise. So we're adding now Jim Furyk to the list of Tiger comps. I mean, everybody's been comped to Tiger at some I mean, point for the absolutely. mentality and the golf swing and power and everything. Anytime you get mentioned in that sentence, it's a compliment yeah. to the player, and it's a compliment to Jim Furyk for any player to look at who Jim is and how he goes about his business and compare it to Tiger Woods. Because to me, Tiger Woods is the peak. I mean, yeah. he's Everest. If you ask me about the way you prep for a golf tournament, the way he'd go about his business from amateur golf into collegiate golf into professional golf. He thought of his way around a golf course as good as anybody, better than anybody that has ever played the game. And for Jim Furyk to get that comp from his caddy, Fluff, as you mentioned, mm. who caddied for Tiger Woods, who saw Tiger Woods up close and got yeah. to see the way Tiger went about his business on Mondays and Tuesdays, mm. that is as much as I need to hear for Jim Furyk's argument to get into the Hall of Fame. And pass is also prologue in many cases. We have seen players with a similar resume already get into the World Golf Hall of Fame. You think of Fred Couples, 15 wins, the one major championship, a couple of players as well. You think about Lanny Watkins, 20-plus wins with the one major championship. You know, Corey Pavin, not in, has the U.S. Open, and 15 PGA Tour wins may eventually get in. But I think, you know, Retief Goosen is in with seven wins on the PGA Tour, a couple of U.S. Opens. I think we're seeing that Jim Furyk, with the resume that he has already, and I think the fact that he does have the FedEx Cup also, and the 58 and 59... No one has ever, when you right. say no one in the history of the game has done that, that that's, that's, if it's on the fence, that tips you over the fence, in my opinion. I was going to say the exact same thing, mm. D. I mean, the fact that he has done something that's never been done no before. One's done. I mean, this is, goes back to what I said about Phil Mickelson last year. Phil mm. Mickelson became the oldest major winner of all time. And when you do that, and you're still the last player to win on the PJ Tour as an amateur golfer, that's a part of who you are. That's the second sentence of your Wikipedia page. Jim yeah. Furyk is the only professional golfer in the history of the PGA Tour that shot two rounds in the 50s. I know they're individual rounds. I know yeah. they're two rounds, and they're not four. They're not a golf tournament. But nobody else has done it. Tiger yeah. didn't do it. Jack didn't do it. Phil didn't do it. Ernie didn't do it. Jim Furyk yeah. did it. And give him credit for staying in great shape. Also, he knows that there are only a, a small handful of courses where he can still compete on the PGA Tour. He calls himself a PGA Tour Champions player who will dabble from time to time on the PGA Tour at Wildlife Country Club in Tampa, for example, or the RBC Heritage in South Carolina, where he is a past champ. He believes there are still some places, and they may be getting smaller and smaller. The list is getting smaller as we go to places that are more favorable for Dustin Johnson right. and Brooks Kepka. but he thinks he has a puncher's champ on a handful of golf courses on the PGA Tour. You mentioned kind of being on the fence. I mean, if somebody needs to kind of nudge him over, into the Hall of Fame. I mean, what about the university he went to? 
mean, what a wow. polished university. Bear what an, down. What an unbelievable college. <laughs> Jim Furyk had the weight of Tucson, Arizona on his shoulders and still came out there and won 17. And he times. carried it well. And, and the fact that he is well known for his swing and the loopiness of it. And you think about how many times people must have been going up to his father, Mike, and Always. say, let me, let me take a look at this. Let's help. He can't continue to have a career playing golf that way. But at the moment of truth, as the folks call it in the teaching game, he is right where he needs to be on plane, flushing the golf ball time after time. He's also a lot bigger in person than you think. You think because he's not a, a long hitter that he'd be a diminutive person. He's not. He is not a small player. He's actually very strong. A little wiry, but he's strong. He's kind of in that Scott Van Pell All-Stars, right? Mm. I mean, guys that are kind of sneaky, taller than you expected them yes. to be. But he is in... Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Hall of Fame. We're back following a tie for 25th finish at the Century Tournament of Champions. It was Bryson announcing on Monday he was WDing from the Sony Open in Hawaii due to soreness in his wrist. Bryson will play in next month's Saudi International and on Thursday joined a video conference with the media. He had a lot. He had a lot to say, D. A lot of things to say. He's always got a lot of yeah, things to say. Things Bryson says. I mean, he's, he's really kind of filling up the notebook for... A lot of us, here's something he said about that injury in the wrist. It was the left wrist. It's been bothering me for about three or four weeks now. All this speed training and whatnot. Love that word, whatnot. Definitely taking a toll on the actual muscular structure. Initially, when I said my hands were killing me, it was more like the skin back in late last year. Then now it's gotten to a point where I'm putting so much speed and force into the wrist that we haven't been taking care of the wrist. Greg and I, I'd rather go you know, maybe play Farmers and then Saudi, get a good prep for Saudi as well. But Farmers for sure, I need to hit my minimum. I haven't played many tournaments this year, so I'm going to do that. Well, I mean, you know, we do things Bryson says a lot, and we get a couple chuckles out of it, but to me, this is actually a very serious one. If yeah. Bryson is spending time speed training to hit the ball longer and longer, and he hurts himself, I mean, this is what everybody talks about. Every pro golfer that was always critical of working out and spending time in the gym and getting bulkier and bigger, the fear is injury. Yeah. And if Bryson's injuring himself doing this, 
needs to scale back a little bit. Yeah, and, and I don't want Bryson DeChambeau injured. No. I want him on the PGA Tour. We want him playing tour. golf. want him competing, want him contending, and want him saying things. I mean, he can be a controversial character from time to time, but he is additive to the game of golf and to the PGA Tour. And this is a concern. This was a concern when he changed his body. There was concern about his game, where it would go, already having been a PGA Tour winner. He answered those questions by winning a U.S. Open at Wingfoot. But the long-term viability of playing golf at a high level when you are speed training and when you are, you know, dabbling in the professional long drive world, you have to wonder, is this sustainable? When does the curve stop, right? I mean, yeah. when do you need to stop with the gym stuff because you're going to interfere with what you're trying to accomplish? What he is trying to accomplish is to be the best golfer in the world, to win major championships, to compete and win on the PGA Tour. That's what Bryson's mm. trying to do. Nobody out there, in my opinion, is working as hard is Bryson's work, and we can say what we want to say about Bryson DeChambeau. The guy's obsessed with golf. He's yeah. obsessed with being great at golf. That's why he transformed his body. Yeah. He was obsessed with gaining distance because he knew if he did that, it would make golf easier for him. We want to see Bryson play. We do not want to see Bryson injured because if you love the guy or you don't love the guy, you like seeing him out there play because he's going to rile up other players. He's going to give us quotes like this, and it's entertaining to watch. He's an entertaining athlete. He's also obsessed with change and pushing the envelope and trying to find out you know, different secrets about the game that will give him in edge. Now, if you talk to Chris Como, his coach, and I have, he says they always put little acorns down on the path to find a roadmap back should they get to a place with his golf swing or his body where they don't want to be. But you do have to wonder, with that curious mind and with the way he has kind of built his entire professional game by being an iconoclast, by someone who does things differently, by being unconventional, will he ever be a bridge too far, whether it is because of a scientific method, or because of an injury. For Bryson, do whatever you want. We just don't want to see you injured. Mm. That is the key. How about we got more quotes, by okay. the way. We got more from Bryson. Mm. How about this? Being a, a partial owner in the PLDA said it's about growing the game of golf. That's all I want to do. My life, my passion is to play the best golf I can, number one. Number two, I want to grow the game to a level that's never been seen before I want to continue to grow it like Tiger did I probably won't have anywhere near the same influence as Tiger but I want to continue to keep providing golfers and us entertainers out there with a better platform a better stage to provide everyone in the world all 7 billion maybe a little bit more now maybe almost close to 8 billion people an opportunity to see this great game all 8 billion watching Bryson tee it up <laughs> I, I you know Bryson is he's an interesting guy who I think is continuing to find his feet as an adult. You see this in athletes. They, they turn pro young, and all this attention gets thrown at them, and they're trying to kind of find where they fit in in this brave new world. I do think he has some good intentions. For and sure. I do think there were moments last year, especially at Bay Hill, where he had the game in his hands. And we were all captivated about how he played the game and went about his business. And I thought he was exceedingly popular for stretches of time last season. I don't know if that will continue over the length of his career, whether it's going to be a Tiger, Jack, Arnold Palmer, growing the game to that level. But I will say, from Bay Hill and then also at the Ryder Cup, we saw how the fans reacted to him. And when he is on the good foot, in a good place, not sticking his foot in his mouth, he has a very captivating hold, I think, on the game of golf. And this being one of the more important things Bryson mm. has done for golf. You know, Bryson can do a lot of stuff for Bryson and for Team Bryson, mm. but to kind of invest in the long drive world. I mean, the yeah. long drive world was something that was a bit forgotten. Yeah. If you will, remember how much we would celebrate 
long drive for so long. Bryson going back to this world and investing in it and competing in it mm. was as important as anything for this group of golfers. And we obsess over distance, mm. D. We love talking about guys that can bomb the golf ball. But we kind of forgot about the long drivers. Yeah. I think Bryson has done an unbelievable job of bringing the golf world back to the long drive mm. world. So through all of this, about billions of people and all that, somewhere in here is actually very, very important stuff and an important thing Bryson has done. Mm. You mentioned competing, now competing without green books. So now Bryson talked about that as well. It's one of those things I'm going to have to learn how to deal with and move on and figure out a way to make more putts without the system that I've built the intellectual property that I have. It's one of those things that I'm always pivoting and trying to figure out the best way to move about it. Can't say much more about it other than it's a bit disappointing because I think there's a lot more traction around the hole now and people are standing around the hole. Whether that has an effect, I don't know. Look, you got the lowest scores ever last week at the Century, so there's obviously people that do it really well without the green reading books. I've got to adapt he does have to adapt I mean that's the important thing it was a long long quote you had to read there yeah, that yeah. last line Woo. was the important one yeah, I mean yeah. he is going to have to adapt because this is a very very important part will he of adapt Bryson's can career. he adapt I think he can adapt okay. I mean, you go back to being a kid and that's the important part mm. about playing golf without your nose in a book because you've got to feel it out maybe that's with your feet maybe that's with your eyes maybe that's leaning on a caddy that's an unbelievable green yeah. reader as well but Bryson's gonna have to figure out a way to go about this because they're taking away something that was very very important to Bryson's game of all the players in the professional golf on the PGA Tour this affects Bryson the most yeah. so for Bryson it's about finding the new way I will say this D I, I, I assume and I predict that he will find the new way because Bryson's a guy that finds ways. He does, but he also likes playing golf with his nose in a book. Right, exactly. I mean, that's kind of, he thinks that's his 15th club, is knowledge and being able to use those green reading books and write down information and see golf courses in the greens also in a different way. But we're talking about the nth highest percent of talent on the PGA Tour, leader in driving distance. I think he will look at this as a challenge. Agreed Has with to. You. Has to. I'll find a different way. I'll, I'll spend some time, you know, reading greens in a different way and studying in a different way. But I do think it'll also be a challenge for him because I know he leaned on that information quite a bit on the greens. It's a test. It's a new test for Bryson. I mean, if, yeah. if, the, if the change in your body, transforming your body thing was a test for him and to see how it performed out on the PGA Tour, it worked. I mean, this mm. worked for Bryson. He won a major championship at a yeah. golf course nobody thought he could compete on yeah. when he was bomb and driver. He won on golf courses I don't think you and I really predicted he would win on. So yeah. that's worked. Mm. That was a win for Bryson the Shambo. And now it's about finding a way to figure out the greens because we know how great of a putter Bryson can be yeah. when things are clicking. And how about, do you remember those comments you said about Augusta National? I do. Being a I par do. 67. He kind of clarified those comments. He said, what I was saying was just based off of distances. I was having in and relative length, you know. People are going to take that the wrong way, and I never meant it to be that way. I was always just kind of the way I'm thinking about the golf course as a strategy. It didn't really pan out. I played terrible. And it is what it is. At the end of the day, I look at it as Augusta National is in my sights, and I want to win. There's nothing more I want to do than to win. So definitely have my sights on Augusta. I can't wait to see what I can do with this new length, new driver, less spin rate, more control. Hopefully that's a huge asset for me when I play because it's funny. Like Kapalua, my 50 yards to 150 yards, I was number one in strokes gain that week. What the heck? I never practiced it, and I was number one. Well, first of all, I want to practice 50 to 150 yards, yes. a very important part for professional golfers. But can I take you back to what he said Please. in 2020? He said, I'm looking at Augusta National as a par 67 for me because I can really reach all the par fives and two, no problem, if the conditions stay the same. 
That's what I feel like par is for me, is a par 67. Bryson's played 20 rounds at Augusta National. He's broke 67 one yeah. time. Augusta National is not a par 67. Made five starts in the Masters. Doesn't have a top 20. Best finish was T21. He was low amateur. Right, as an amateur. In 2016. I spoke to Bryson before last year's Masters, and I teased him a little bit about that comment about the par 67, and he acknowledged, he said, hey, the way I've been playing has been more of a par 72 or par 74. But you've always heard historically how much iron play and it being a second-shot golf course. He's going to have to figure out how to play because it's not just distance. Of course, it's an asset right. around Augusta National, Nicholas, Tiger, etc. But John Daly never won a green jacket. You, know, you have to do more than just hit bombs. You have to be able to read the subtleties of the green. The short game is hugely important. I love the fact that Jordan Spieth earlier in his career was leaning on the knowledge of Carl Jackson right. and Ben Crenshaw. And folks, I mean, you hear historically, Fred Couples learned at the knee of Ray Floyd and Tom Watson. There is a beautiful institutional knowledge that has been passed down through the generations at the Masters, at Augusta National. Bryce DeChambeau needs to sit down on the knee of some of the legends that have won Green Jack. I mean, Tiger famously talked about picking the brain of Jose Mariola yes, around yes. Augusta National, yeah. his ability to kind of wedge his way to Green Jackets. And for Bryson, I mean, I look at these comments as a guy that looked at the golf course and the way he was hitting the golf ball and said, if I play perfect golf, yeah. it's a par 67. But you know what happens? You miss fairways. Mm. And then you miss a green with a nine iron or an eight iron, and you're in the wrong spot. You don't clip a pitch shot perfectly. All of a sudden, you made a bogey. Sure, if Bryson plays perfect golf around Augusta National, I'll call it a par yeah. 67. You know what? You don't play perfect golf around Augusta much. One of the things I love about Augusta National, and you can make birdies and eagles in bunches, but if you're out of position, it can get away Slightly with you. Oh, and I love position. that about it. It can get away from you immediately compounding mistakes. You can see a little bit off at Augusta National. I, I love that. You can make double bogey or triple bogey like that. One of... In my opinion, one of my favorite shots to watch at Augusta when the Masters comes around are second shots into 15. Yeah. Because you talk about just a mm. yard or two off. It can be a yard or two off, and you can be over the green in the yeah. water, deep yes. over there by 16. And that's the best players in the world. Augusta National doesn't care how far you hit the golf ball. It doesn't care how powerful you are. It asks the same questions now mm. as it asked 50 years ago and 60 years ago. It will ask that 50 years from mm. now, and those players are going to have to go out there and figure out. We're not going to see players shooting at average, 67 at this golf course. It's mm. just too smart. Just 90-plus days away from the first round of the Masters. I'm the Bart Scott, Sal Palantonio gift. Can't wait. I'm excited. Thank you. Thank you I'm excited. Much. I'm excited. Well, you know, the, the PJ Tour just announced this uh, Netflix show. You excited for this? I think I got a huge lineup. It's like, a, it's like F, the F1 show there. Behind the scenes. It's going to be behind the scenes. We're going to get some great info. How about some of the players as Netflix characters? Wow. I threw this up on social media yesterday. We're going to dive into it on the show next. Can't wait for that, too. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Walmart Plus members save on Meeting Up With Friends. 
Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast. It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Back on golf today, deep dive with unprecedented access inside the ropes of the season's biggest events is coming to Netflix mm-hmm. in the form of a documentary series. This week, the PJ Tour formally introduced the series, currently in process of filming. A number of big-time players have committed to the project. JT, Brooksy, DJ, Colin Morikawa. I mean, it is going to be lit. I was waiting for what you're going to do with Colin Morikawa's name there. Well, just he's just the man. It's just Colin Morikawa. It's just Colin Morikawa. He's a stud. It's not something, you know, everybody excited on social media about this. Max Homa. Homa. I think he just started this Twitter account. Like this week. <laughs> just started his Twitter account. He said, I can't believe I'm going to be on Netflix. That was pretty cool. It was really good. I saw that. How about JT? What did you do with all the time you saved typing I'm a and not I'm going to? That's pretty so good. we're gonna get we're gonna get some of that maybe on the show. I mean it's gonna forth. be exciting if you if you've watched the F1 show on Netflix. It is. I mean my wife and I watched it. It was great to watch. You got to fall in love with you know the contestants and and the drivers and who you liked and who you didn't. It made you invested in F1. We watched F1 because of the show. Yeah. We watched some of the races. How about the fact that the governing bodies and all these They're stakeholders all are there to say hey the more the better shine a light behind the scene not just the wins. But the losses and the kind of the real-life drama that some of these players will face, I'm excited about. Part of me is like the old kind of crusty golf runner. No, like, you can't be. I, I, you got to be excited. I, I'm excited. But there's a small part of me that's like, oh, I want that access too, you know. I you know, build relationships. But I, that's, I'm just being honest. Well, the key to this yeah. is that this show is not for you and I. It's okay. not for us. It's I for mean, the this 20 show, Sure, golf fans can watch this and they'll be excited about yeah. it. But this show is going to be for people that don't know anything about golf, uh, have never paid attention to the PGA Tour okay. before, and they dive into it, much like the way I was with F1. I'd never seen yeah. an F1 race before. I knew nothing about it. I fell in love with the sport because of the access to it. The show gave me a reason to care about the race. That's the hope here. So it's a hard it, knock. Hard knock. Exactly. Real housewives. Like, you didn't know you loved things. the Colts until you watch hard knocks. Right, now right. all of a sudden, I love Wentz. He's yeah. great. Uh, I jumped on social media yesterday, yes. and because of the announcement, I decided to kind of Throw some PGA Tour players that are involved in the series okay. next to either past or present Netflix characters. Oh, does this cool. make sense to you? That does. It okay, does. I'm, I'm going to run you through a few of them. You okay, okay with ready, that? Ready, ready. Let's run through. We'll start with uh, Jordan Speed. Now, I know this is a show you did not watch, Queen's Gambit. My wife loved the Beth show. Beth Harmon. I, yeah. Beth Harmon is, is, is a rock star in this show. Prodigies from the beginning that ran into speed bumps only to reemerge. As an unbeatable force, both will smile you into a serious L and what classy doing. You see what I'm doing here? Wow. The player comp to a character on Netflix. You good with that? Smile you into a serious L and look classy. I like that. How about yeah. how about Colin Morikawa? Okay. You watch Ozark? Love Ozark. Party Bird. Dudes that go out of their way to downplay their brilliance, but everyone inevitably finds out how brilliant they really are. Two guys that everybody must pay attention to at all times, no matter the course 
or the situation. A fantastic show that Darlene oh. scares the, you know what out of me. Yes, my yes. goodness, what a show. Uh, you, you see Stranger Things. You get into Stranger Things Did at not, all? No. All right, Eleven, the character on the right. I mean, all the power in the world and a very kind soul, much like Cameron Champ. You know, they're just trying to harness their power. Just trying to harness this skill that they well, both possess. That's a great cop. You in with that? Sam Chimp has oodles of talent. Also a good guy, kind of thinks outside of oh, himself. Oh, lovely guy. Oh, Everybody a, roots for Cameron comparison. Champ. All right, Victor Hoblin. This is submission from my good buddy Kevin Van Valkenburg of ESPN. Yeah. He's an Otis, precocious, wise, awkward goofball who might, up be, might end up being the coolest kid in school before long. How about that? Hovland might be the coolest kid in the school. I think I predicted late last year he would be number one in the world at yeah. some point in 2022. Another fantastic comparison. And Victor Hovland, I mean, he, he is just coming. So this is a show you also said you haven't gotten into yet. Emily in Paris, is that right? Wife loves this show also. So JT, okay. Justin Thomas, is Emily Cooper. We weren't exactly sure what to make of them at first, but both JT and Emily knew that if they kept at it, true to their process, they'd inevitably... Went over the world. Also, both of them had success in Paris. Remember, JT went 4-1-0 <laughs> at the 2018 Ryder Cup. I'm digging what you're doing. Very, okay very with this? good. And so, my, my wife loves that. So, uh, Max Homa, okay. again, the guy that just got that Twitter account started this week. Yes. He's Kimmy Schmidt. Show me a person that doesn't like Max Homa. Show me a person that doesn't like Kimmy Schmidt. I'm going to show you a liar. Also, the best opening song in TV history. Kimmy, Kimmy Schmidt. The Kimmy Schmidt, this is... Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. I mean, you, can't, cannot, okay. you can't miss this show... It is must-watch stuff, very positive, very funny, wow. very entertaining. Okay, what is going on here? Right, so, so this is one of the ones that didn't make Twitter. Sergio Garcia, he's Walter White from Breaking Bad. Talent was obvious the first time you watched Sergio play golf and the first time you watched Walter White make meth. You knew there was talent there. You knew they were going to be great at what they did. They had roller coaster situations. There were times when you root for them. Mm. There were times when you not root for them. But they've been in our lives for a long, long time. Walter White said, I am the danger. I am the one who knocks. Well, I guess Sergio did in 2017 at the Masters. And also, throughout his early career, Sergio mm. was a guy you did not want to face. Had all the shots in the back. It's fantastic. All right, folks, that was a lot of fun. Also a lot of fun, this kind of super wild card weekend heading into your way on NBC. Got us thinking, who are our wild cards I like golf. that. They're my Raiders, by the way, Derek. They're going to win. all going to get it done. They're going to win. I think they got something special going on. This show's special. We're back in a bit. What about football? We got a lot of football mm. this weekend. Super wild card weekend. Live on NBC and Peacock with two Great matchups. Your Raiders taking on the Bengals. Yeah, for Raiders and Bengals, it's been a long time since they've had any success in the playoffs. You got the Steelers' Big Ben's final ride has been extended. You see the January. You, you see Big Ben just downplaying it. Ah, we might be the 14th team in the playoffs. <laughs> he's downplaying it. Taking on the Chiefs. That'll be a great matchup on Sunday evening. We got a Monday night game as well. We get Cardinals, Rams as well. We got a lot of football. Super Wild Card Weekend. Yeah, which brings us to golf's Super Wild Card. And I tell you, kudos to these NFL guys. An extra game, longer season, a lot of injuries. Tough, tough being a football player. But how about maybe golf's 
Super wild card. As you look at this year, 2022 and 2021 was pretty wild in its own right. What's your wild card for this year? So uh, analytics, you know, have rightfully made their way into almost every sport, if not every sport. The idea of, of in the NFL, you go for it on fourth down. We've seen it throughout this season. Teams go through for it on fourth down in the first quarter as mm. much as they do in the fourth quarter. And you think about the NBA and how everybody's been obsessed with the three-point line and the corner three, how efficient that shot is. I look at the golf bag, D. I look at the 14 clubs in a golf bag, and I think this year you're going to start to see players go about that a little differently. Distance is changing the way players have to think about a golf course. I think you're going to start to see three and four irons out of the bag for the long hitters, maybe even wow. into the five iron, and the focus is going to go to that 50 to 120-yard range. Why not add more clubs to that distance, especially if you're someone as analytical as the Bryson DeChambeau, someone that knows exactly how far a golf club goes depending on how far they take it back. I look at a Bryson, and I think I could see a guy with six, seven wedges in the golf bag. If he continues to gain distance, hit the ball longer and longer, there's going to be no need for those long irons. So I see maybe a, a shuffling of the golf bag. Bill Mickelson has tinkered with this yes, over the years. Has. But I could see some of these young players and long players go about the golf bag a little differently. Funny you mentioned Phil Mickelson. I was going to say, well, does Bryson pick the brain of Phil? They're already buddies. They both kind of think outside the box. This is Phil who's had two drivers in his bag, no, no drivers, drivers in his bag, the 64-degree wedge. I wonder if Bryson would lean on someone like Phil Mickelson. And do you think that this is going to become like a PGA Tour-wide thing where everybody has a 64-degree wedge? I, I mean, 64 now is kind of the number, right? But what yeah. about 68 or even a 70-degree wedge? Like, right. why not? I mean, mm. if you're hitting the ball 340, 350, 360, and if you go on the Corn Ferry website and look at the driving distance averages of these players, they're coming if they're not already here. Yeah. This, this, this hitting the ball 350 in the air is coming to the PGA Tour. And when you're carrying your 6 and 7 iron, 215, 220, even 230 mm. at times, you're not going to need some of these golf clubs that were always in the golf bags of the best players yeah. in the world. And Phil Mickelson opens up that 64. Sometimes it is a 70. That's right. Degree. It's even more, maybe. And you mentioned Bryson. That's my wild card. It's Bryson Just DeChambeau. Him, him in Just general. him himself. I have no idea what he's going to do this season. Dealing with the left wrist injury, someone who could win two or three majors this year, someone who could miss the cut in all four majors, someone who could have a year where he's, you know, mad at his manufacturer about the driver or someone who could embrace his manufacturer, someone who could have the game of golf in the palm of his hand or alienate the crowd. Uh, he gives us everything. I am forever interested in this player. I think he is additive to the game of golf in terms of the storylines that he brings doesn't want to wear the, the, I guess, the Kango hat anymore. He might go to the baseball cap. This is a fascinating personality. He's been fascinating since day one. The single length iron, you know, the way he has the do reading and all right. the things, and now he doesn't have the green reading books. I have no idea what we're going to get from this wild card named Bryson DeChambeau. How many scenes was Bryson's season last year? I mean, you think Amazing. about, you mentioned, you know, Bay Hill and how popular Bryson was, and you kind of go through those ebbs and flows of his year and not talking to the media. You mentioned the manufacturer. I don't like my driver. I mean, these things all happen in a singular season. Imagine what happens Man. in 2022. First and foremost, I want Bryson to be healthy. Yes. So you can see him out on the golf course. That's the most important part. But I'm with you. No idea what to think of what Bryson's year could look like. Because he could dominate yeah. or he could fall off. And I'm not sure there's a middle area of that. We just mentioned the Netflix documentary and the PJ Tour access. Bryson could have his own show. He could have his own series. He could have his own season, maybe two or three. He could have his own 
House of Cards. I love the fact that we have the scene from him at the open where he's so sideways about where he's hitting the driver. I love the fact that on the sixth hole at Bay Hill, he carried that water and then won the golf tournament, alienated golf, had fans angry with him during the playoffs, had the game of golf in his palm of his hands at the Ryder Cup. I just think this is a player that gives us so much week to week. We don't know what he's going to give us. He doesn't know what he's going to give us. He's got this cool lab in Dallas with Chris Como. It looks like a huge, like, jock hangout area where they got a basketball hoop and he's got a net and all these bells and whistles. He is pushing the envelope in how the game is played and how players prepare. He is a fascinating human being. Very loud around Bryson it right really now. It, it seems very, very loud. And not everybody can operate not, with all that noise. Most athletes can't, I'd say. I'd okay. say most athletes struggle when it gets really, really loud. I feel like Bryson wants it to be kind of loud. He continues to turn up those speakers. You know, he's got kind of the 12s behind his seat, if you will. But when you think about Bryson, I'd like it to get a little more quiet yeah. for Bryson this season and to go out there and just simply try to play the game that he's so brilliant at because Bryson makes our job better. He makes golf better. He makes watching golf more entertaining because he is, in fact, an entertainer. We just did a whole segment about stuff he said in an yeah. interview, and we will continue to do these segments because he's different. He goes about his business different, but he's important for the sport. I'm with you, though. He might win two majors. He might, might only play in two majors. Who knows? <laughs> I've been fortunate to watch Bryson hit balls up close, stood behind him on the range at the Floridian down in Florida and also at Harbortown one year. And it is a show. You know, yeah, he does his numbers differently and kind of swing may not be as aesthetically pleasing as Adam Scott, but he can move the golf ball different ways, hit it high, hit it low, shape it. Bryson DeChambeau can put on a show in terms of hitting that golf ball. The golf bags might look a little bit different, and then who knows what we're going to get from Bryson mm. Chambo. We're excited to see here in 2022. Well, the reigning Masters champion, Hideki Matsuyama, in the field this week got off to a solid start at the Sony Open in Hawaii. We've got some highlights from Hideki's his opening round next on Golf Today. But it must be nice being Hideki because you can hit golf shots that it doesn't look like you like it. Like this one, one-handed. We've become famous <laughs> in golf with this move. And you know what? It shows up and lands like five feet away. I just think he has extremely, extraordinarily high standards. The, the other thing that I don't know if we talk about enough is sometimes he's trying to hit a certain shot. Okay. You know, maybe he's trying to hit a little cut. Right. Doesn't quite pull it off. That doesn't mean the ball's not going to go straight at the flag. These guys... Or aiming a yard or two offline. That's all they're doing. But look at this body language. He didn't want well, to hated look that. at it. He hated this one. This is Riviera a few years back. It hits the stick. But, you know, if it doesn't hit the stick, maybe it, you know, maybe it goes over the green. Was he a groove off, maybe? Yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes you make a bank shot. Yeah, yeah. You can celebrate a bank shot. Didn't like he didn't call it. This is what the Akron, I want to say. 2016 Bridgestone? So, to me, again, that looked like he's trying to hit a cut. Okay. It looked like he pulled it a bit. And then it, it's hot, you know? He flushed it. Yeah. I mean, they're pro golfers. They flush it all the time. They rarely miss the center of the club face. I mean, for Hideki, again, maybe it's, you know, just a reaction that he wants to drop. Maybe it's something he doesn't even love. But at times, it's probably not the golf shot yeah. he was thinking about in his brain. Still getting it up somewhere around the hole. I mean, when you play golf with professional golfers, especially on the PGA Tour, they don't miss many golf shots. Yeah, I tell you what, we talk about life-changing moments for these players and winning major championships. Hideki was a rock star before 
he won his first major championship. Uh, you know, we talk about Tiger, and the, the closest thing I've seen to Tiger in the modern era in terms of the media attention, it's a techie, a tech even before the Masters. Right. I remember seeing him at the Hero, hit and giggle, December, you know, vacation. Everybody's happy, scooping up world ranking points. And there was Hideki grinding on the putting green after every single round. And there was the media contingent, photographers, television, sports writers, newspaper and magazine, waiting, watching every single move that Hideki Matsuyama made. This is 2016-17. This is well before he won a major. He was already the Tiger Woods of Japan. So what happens now where the spotlight's going to be even more white hot? I think he's going to handle it with a bomb, but it's got to be very, very intense for being a pioneer in your country. The handling the noise is something I'm not sure we talk enough about with professional athletes. I was watching Man in the Arena this week, Tom Brady's show on ESPN Plus, and he was talking a lot about 07 mm. and, and going into that Super Bowl as an undefeated team, understanding what comes if you win the Super Bowl. And what, what does that mean? Yeah. You're an undefeated team, one of the, he calls it the best team of all time, even without the win in the Super Bowl, mm. but you're talking about going into a game, understanding this is more than a game. This is a bigger moment than one football game. This yeah. is a bigger Super Bowl than one Super Bowl. And for Hideki to just have the mental strength those four days at Augusta National, to come out after the weather delay and to fire at all those flag sticks and to really be Hideki, right? That's the Hideki we love when he's firing at flag mm. sticks and he's got that groove golf swing that can't miss. And for Hideki to handle Sunday the way he handled it, so much noise, yeah. so much expectation. You know, everybody thinks and hopes that this is the moment Hideki can pull it off and he's able to do it. And it seemed calm almost watching him play that final round. It was as impressive as anything we saw in 2021. Watershed moment. Can't talk about it enough. Last April, Hideki became the first male player from Japan to win a major championship. His sixth career PGA Tour win and his first major title. You want to talk about ripples, repercussions, it was a remarkable moment. Maybe give us the image of 2021 with his caddy, Shota, bowing to the golf course, saying goodbye. It just was just goosebumps moment. It was, again, it, it was when we talk about 2021, mm. it was what we will talk about. Now, Phil Mickelson made an argument for the story of 2021. Yes. But 10 years from now, we'll remember Hideki's win at the Masters as much, if not more, than we remember the Phil Mickelson win at the PGA Championship for what golf would and could look like in 2031. Mm. And then just one week prior to Japan's Tsubasa Kajitani defeated Emilia Migliaccio in a playoff to win the Augusta National Women's Amateur. 17-year-old from Japan made a five-foot hard putt on the first extra hole to win the second edition of the prestigious event at Augusta National Golf Club. What a year in golf for Japan. You talk about a uh, special male. How about this? You get the mail into the Augusta National Women's Amateur. You get it on film. So excited. All these players can't wait to get to Augusta, have a chance to play Augusta National in a tournament. I mean, that is what's so cool about the Augusta National Women's Amateur is it's opened up this, this cathedral, if you will, to a whole new group of golfers. And already transcending the game, the Masters transcends the game, Augusta National Women's Amateur transcending the game. Jawan Howard? Men's basketball coach, member of the Fab Five. Oh, my. Congrats, Haley. Where do I get my tickets? Go blue. I didn't know Juwan Howard was a, a dimplehead. He's a golf fan. You know what, Juwan? You got to apply. Apply for those tickets. See if you can get them. They're not easy to find. Our ticket to get go blue, says Juwan Howard. How about go 
Jim Furyk go in the mix after opening with that impressive 62 on Thursday. Open with a bogey, shook it off. Brandel Chambly joins with his takeaways from round one. Is Jimbo a Hall of Famer? That's next as well. Brandel, it's great to see you. We've been talking Jim Furyk a lot on this Friday. It is Hall of Fame bona fides. Where, where do you see this 17-time PGA Tour winner in the pantheon of greats? Look, if he wins this week, he'd be the second oldest player to ever win on the PGA Tour. I think that would be enough. At least in my view, he's sort of borderline in that regard. I've always thought about the Hall of Fame being a player. If he was under 20 wins, then he and he only had one major championship, then he likely needed to have won the Players' Championship. Uh, he likely needed to have um, been number one in the world, maybe win the Players' Championship a couple times. Uh, so, look, there's 20 people that are going to finally vote on who's going to be uh, in the Hall of Fame. All it takes is for six of those to say nay, and he's not in. And if you're looking to be critical, you could easily point to the fact that in his entire career, uh, he never managed to win a WGC. He never managed to win uh, a Players' Championship. Uh, at one stage, he went 0 for 10 with a 54-hole lead. He didn't play well uh, in the Ryder Cup. So if you were looking to say, hey, hold on a minute, uh, maybe not, and we'll use some of the vernacular of baseball or football, maybe not first ballot choice, um, you know, he'll get in. Uh, eventually, but should he be first ballot? I think I've always felt like he needed to do just a little bit more. You know, uh, I've always felt like the Players Championship was a place where the golf course seemed to suit him perfectly. Uh, but a couple things happened in his career. You know, uh, number one, he was chronologically cursed, like pretty much everybody who had to go up against Tiger Woods. Uh, number two, I think um, the solid core golf ball came along, and I think negated some of his nuance and some of his amazing skill. And I feel like the graduated rough philosophy of the U.S. Open, I was never a fan of it. And I felt like it, it really did rob Jim Furyk of, I felt like he was always this generation sort of Hale Irwin. Hale Irwin won three U.S. Opens. I felt like Jim Furyk could have been that player. But if we're looking on the positive side, good grief, and there's plenty of positives to look at when you start to look at Jim Furyk. 17 wins, a U.S. Open, he won a Varden Trophy. I think that's a big deal. And it's not always just wins because he had 31 second-place finishes. Those matter. Uh, the close calls in major championships matter. Uh, the way he's conducted himself off the golf course. He runs a great charity. Of course, there's a PGA Tour Champions event that has his name. Again, and I think, I think you'll agree. I mean, he's going to end up in the Hall of Fame. But I, I kind of feel like it should be like baseball where once you get in the Hall of Fame, there should be a percentage that goes by your name sort of designating um, – how close it was that you were in or not in. Um, you know, if, if you're Tiger Woods, it's 100%. If you're Jack Nicklaus, it's 100%. If you're Bobby Jones, 100%. And there's others along those lines. But if you're Fred Couples, I think, you know, it's 52% or 53%. So within the Hall of Fame, you go through there and you're like, oh, it was close, but he got in. Um, you know, and, and Fred, you could say, was kind of along the lines of a Jim Furyk, but Fred won a couple of players. He was the number one player in the world. Uh, and he was enormously famous. Uh, I just, I, I can see a lot of reasons for Freddie Couples being in the Hall of Fame. Randall, how important is that last word? You just said it. Fame. Hall of Fame. How important is it to be a famous golfer that people want to pay tickets to go see and to watch and to follow? Yeah, it's not, it's not just about wins. You know, when you start to look at a player like Chichi Rodriguez, who only has eight wins in his career, never won a major championship. They didn't really, uh, you know, he didn't win the players and all those kinds of things. But his 
contribution to the game of golf. Uh, you know, at some point along in his career, he met Mother Teresa, who inspired him to start these charities to help underprivileged children. And he had an enormous impact uh, in the Hispanic community and the underprivileged uh, kids that his charities reached out to. Uh, he was famous, and his impact outside of golf um, was, I would say, monumental. I understand Chichi Rodriguez being in the fame, uh, or being in the Hall of Fame. Uh, but yes, uh, you, you know, I think fame is, is a big part of it. It's not just all about wins. Um, and, I, you know, look, Jim Furyk is famous for a lot of things. One of the most original, idiosyncratic golf swings of all time. But unfortunately, he's also famous for blowing a lot of golf tournaments. I mean, the last 10 54-hole leads he's had, in, in fact, the last 10, he's 0 for 10. Uh, and somewhere though, along the way, though, he's managed to win uh, a great deal of golf tournaments. 17 is... is is, is, is very impressive. But in my opinion, 17 and one major championship is sort of borderline Hall of Fame credentials. Randall, John Daly is famous. Two major championships, a watershed moment in 1991 at the PGA. He won at the old course at St. Andrews. Obviously had his demons off of the golf course and sometimes on the golf course. But you can make an argument after Tiger and Phil, John Daly might be the most famous golfer of the last 20, 25 years. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point, Damon. Uh, I wouldn't put, personally, if I were on the committee, I wouldn't vote for John Daly to be in the Hall of Fame. And I'm a John Daly fan. I like watching him play golf. I like his golf swing. And I realize everybody's fighting battles in their life. And everybody's got demons. Uh, but, you know, when you look at the entirety of John Daly's career, uh, you know, it's hard to square all the WDs. Uh, you know, when you show up at a tournament, you know, you, you have... You've committed to giving your best efforts. People pay money to come and watch the best professional golfers give their best efforts. And all one needs to do is look at the enormous number of WDs that go along with John Daly's career, and you think, well, that's just too many times showing up not giving your best efforts for me to give the nod. And again, I'd say he's borderline for all of the things that you pointed out, Damon, but it wouldn't push him across the line for me because I'd have to square that with all the WDs. Randall, we've been talking about players that find form at certain golf courses. The term horse for courses come about. Charles Howe III has played really well at Wiley throughout his career. Is loving a golf course more physical? It fits your shot shape, your skill set, or mental. You just love the place. It fits your eye. Yeah, I mean, certainly there's something to that. I mean, you show up and you feel comfortable. But uh, there are other aspects, more nuanced aspects of, of a golf course. Like for me, I, I always seem to play well uh, at Riviera. Uh, now, look, Riviera's has Kikuya fairways, and the ball set up beautifully. And I, first of all, I wasn't one of the longest hitters, nor was I one of the shortest. But it, it, it helped me elevate my shots and get them higher. Uh, I was a bit of a picker, so I could easily pick my golf ball off of that Kikuya turf. And all of a sudden, I could get it another 10, 15, 20 feet higher. And it made me a better iron player. I'd go to other places with Kama Bermuda where I would expect to play well because I grew up on that uh, and, and didn't play as well. So there's, there's a lot to a player showing up and, and, and having good runs at golf courses that go beyond just the eye and sometimes gets into more nuanced aspects of the game. Randall, last thing, our good friend Eamon Lynch was taken on Congaree <laughs> You're yesterday. admitting that? <laughs> uh, he was going to play golf. He was actually going to go out and tee it up and play golf. Did you hear any reports on how it went down? Everything good, positive? It was a, it was a good day out on the golf course? You know, look, uh, I understand that he took a small bucket to the first tee. <laughs> Eventually, he got one to find grass. 
Uh, and all I, victories. And and look, when I found out about it, and you know, uh, you know, somebody was like, "Well, are you going to say anything?" I said, "Not until the first time I see somebody else." Uh, I didn't manage to tweet about it yesterday. I was busy doing shows. I got home late. But at some point today, I, I, I will find a way to take a little dig at him. Uh, I never missed that opportunity, as nor should any of us. From Jim Furyk's Hall of Fame bona fides to Eamon Lynch bringing a sleeve. The Golf Today interview. <laughs> From Hall of Fame to Hall of Shame. <laughs>